Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Jonathan Master. Um, he's the author of God Has Infinite Frequency, Aphorisms for Our Fractured Age. God Has Infinite Frequency provides both inspiration and guideposts. In reading the book, we experience a resonance in the heart, a feeling of connection, an aha moment. We are soothed and comforted. We find concrete guidance and a new sense of confidence. While the mental and emotional expressions are married to the artwork, we are led towards an unfolding of a new perspective and a renewed connection with ourselves and the universe. Each aphorism makes little waves. We are asked to allow the waves without judgment to gently rock our souls, our thinking, and our worldview. Jonathan Masters was born in Ohio but grew up in New England. With his father being a physicist, one of his early memories was seeing the first ruby laser shoot a coherent beam of light, red light at a piece of paper. For Jonathan, it sparked a lifelong quest to understand the nature of life and the universe. For more information, you can visit the website GodHasInfiniteFrequency.org. GodHasInfiniteFrequency.org. And with that, I'd like to welcome Jonathan to the show. Good day. Good day. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. I enjoy, uh, I didn't say reading your book, but it's much more experiencing your book, um, you know, frequently. Um, so I'm looking forward to talking about it. Um, and, and, and before we even get into, you know, your background, which I want to jump uh, dive into, um, First, I think, um, can you explain what um, aphorisms are? And, and, and just in the title, aphorisms for our fractured age. So you can tell us um, why you chose that title. Yes, certainly. Um, an aphorism is like a nugget. It's like a, a nugget of energy and knowledge. And it's very condensed and concise and it brings up, uh, it, it resonates within you. So it, it brings up some, some experience, some ideas, some contemplation, some things. Aphorisms have been used, uh, you know, the, the aphorisms of Pantanjali. It's an ancient kind of art that uh, has been used to stimulate oneself to expand. Okay, and in this fractured age, I mean, I think all we need to do is kind of look out the window or turn on any kind of um, media, and, and we see a fracture everywhere. Right. So, tell us a little bit about your background, and you know what led you led you to putting this book together. Certainly. Now, I'm, um, 
I began to uh, <laughs> so much to say. Um, <laughs> I think my, in a way, my spiritual journey, you could say, say started. Although now that I say this, I come, the words come out. It started when I was probably nine years old, many or or, or, or younger. When when I I went out in the yard and and I saw like everything was lit. It was unified. There was this like experience of wholeness, like energy, life was in the trees, in the yard, and whatever. And it was like, wow. And I went in and asked my mother about it. And I don't know, she told me something, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> it didn't compare uh, to yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It didn't really was like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> And uh, I started meditating when I was in my late, early 20s, I guess, late teens, and became a teacher of the Transcendental Meditation Program and taught for some time and um, was also doing business and consulting, a lot of international business development. And um, I then began to sort of go more inward, focus more on my inward journey. I, I explain in part of the book somewhere in the bio section about an inward and outward journey. I think I think everyone has one. I mean they have an inward journey and an outward journey. And I think we give give certain energy and time to each one at different periods in our life. But in any case I began to do a lot of deep healing work and I studied the right use as well and I worked with some healers and including one that I identify as uh, Maduchandas, kind of a, uh, an incarnation of this vibration of bliss in the body. And this began to uncover a lot of knowledge and experience. So at one point, I was just seeing things, you know, like insights about things. I think we all have thoughts and insights about stuff, but I began to write mine down. I, I began to feel like, you know what, maybe maybe this is worth writing down. <laughs> so I wrote these down <laughs> and this is over a period of years really. And then there was a, and then I said, well, you know, uh, I think there's uh, something about sharing this, but the artwork and the, and the marriage of the, of the left brain and right brain and inner and outer and art and analytic and all that, this is what it's all about for me. It's really about this coming together of wholeness and oneness within. And so I was really lucky to, come upon this idea and then work with these artists um, to create this book. It, it, I, I don't want to miss, they, there was no art that was created specifically for this, although in retrospect, it seems like it fits so well that <laughs> it does. Right. Um, and, and so uh, that's how, and, and then the book was like, yeah, let's do a book. And that was how it was created. So thank you for asking. It's, it was it's been an interesting journey. I, I can tell. I mean, just looking at the variety of the art, um, you know, I just, uh, I, I kind of smiled. <laughs> I mean, just because it was just, you know, it was enjoyable that it was so different. You know, I mean, you know, each, each piece and 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 the the words that that followed it. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, the one that I think I liked the most, the image that just struck me the most was the one about um, where it's uh, the people out there are part of us. The people out there are part of us. And it's a, a collage. Um, but anyway, it's a, it's a beautiful piece. And I just right. 
um, you know, in, in today's time when we're, you know, fighting amongst ourselves, you know, it's a, it's a really good message to get out there. Yes, absolutely. There's several themes in this, in this book, I think, that emerge. And um, certainly one of us is that what we're seeing outside, what we're feeling outside is really a reflection of us. And someone asked me the other day, you know, is there, was there a lot of, does it matter like what the order is? Can you just go from one thing to the other? And it's a very interesting question because, yes, there's a lot of intelligence in the order of things and how this thing unfolds. But at the same time, I think people have their own intuition and their own, you know, what they need that day. And, and, and they're using it. They're using this book as kind of like, you know, thought, inspiration of the day, feeling of the day to get themselves centered. And, and so um, I, 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 I pulled one out just, you know, before we were talking, I said, oh, you know, what, what, what would make sense here? And um, I, I did, my body did it. I didn't really, you know, think about it. But <laughs> it came um, was when we own an experience, we, we experience a more joyful life when we own and experience, express who we are. Excuse me. We experience a more joyful life when we own and express who we are. And there's a beautiful painting there that's just delightful and energetic and inspiring to just, you know, express, express, right? It's very expressive. And then the commentary is important, too, because what it says is expressing and acting out are not the same. It's important. There's a lot of things in this book which kind of um, tweak alignment towards a more uh, powerful understanding of some of these phrases. And this is one of them. So expressing is an internal process coming from our center outward into the world. The result is a movement and evolution of the emotional body. So the expression in itself, in and of itself, the expression of our truth is a technique, you could say. It evolves it nourishes and it helps us continue creation of our own life through our own emotional body and experience. And the last line is, and this one is, no one else is involved. And that's like a, a sort of paradox in a way. We're talking about expressing into the world and I'm saying, well, no one else is involved. Something to think about, right? <laughs> 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 that, man, that that places responsibility somewhere, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, exactly. Well, yeah, you know, and it's and it's, it's good, you know, the, the the perspective. Once you get that perspective in your in your or your perspective just a little bit, then that's when you can see things in your life a little bit differently, and um, you know, hopefully you know, a little bit more peaceful and, and uh, you know, with love than with, with fear. Um, but one of the things also in, in the book is, is that um, when you're talking about experiencing was that uh, love of another is an illusion, um, but a window and path to the truth. So um, tell us um, a little bit about that, because 
you know, a lot of people <laughs> would think, what? You know, a lot of spouses out there would be wondering what, what you mean by that. <laughs> right, right. Again, there's a kind of paradox included and brought out by this expression. And these paradoxes are, you can like Zen, many people have probably heard of a Zen cone, right? It's kind of a, a contradiction in, in some ways, but it brings you closer to the truth. It, it, it sort of confounds the mind so that you can come into the center of wholeness. The mind is blocking a lot of times, so the mind, you just drop into the center. So love of another, and again, a beautiful picture, uh, is the most real of all illusions. It's the most real, and maybe the most precious, for it is a window and a path to the truth. So how can something be an illusion and be a window and a path to the truth as well? But what is devotion? What is devotion? It's a, it's devotion to one's, to one's love, to one's mate, to one's uh, children, to one's family, to one's God, to one's experience. Devotion is a, it also like a technique. It, it expands love. It expands the heart. It expands love. And it's the expansion of love, the expansion of the heart, which can reconcile our fractured age, starting with ourselves. Um, so it kind of makes you want to just sit back and just ponder. Um, now, <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and I think that's, the, isn't that one of the a purpose I would think maybe of the book is to get that I mean because you know it, it's it's very concise you know and, and then when you look at the images then that's when you your mind tends to um, you know process what it is that you're seeing and how it fits into your life right right excellent it's absolutely the purpose. It's absolutely, you know, in, in the introduction, it says, you know, pretend you're, pretend you're this pawn, calm pawn, despite how you feel. <laughs> then, then we're going to throw this pebble into the pond, and we, we see the little waves, the little waves. These waves, they're rocking our consciousness. They're rocking our belief system, maybe in subtle ways, maybe in profound ways, maybe in big, small, whatever. But there's a kind of ripple effect. And that's when, again, we can drop into a, 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 a more profound understanding and experience of ourselves. Um, hmm. one, one of the, the uh, themes you mentioned, one was kind of what we see outside is really kind of emanating from the inside. Um, the, um, and we talked a little bit about power and part of the, one of the themes of, of uh, the book is about power, right? Personal power. Um, and mm-hmm. one, one of the things, so can you talk a little bit about just what your view of power is, you know, and, and are there different types of power? And, and what about um, how do we avoid abusing 
power, which can happen sometimes. <laughs> yes. yes. That was a, that was a lot of in one question, but <laughs> big subject. <laughs> so, you know, we analyze, we can analyze the three fundamental forces of nature that are, we think of them sometimes, you know, some Eastern, Eastern mythology. We have Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. And when you think of these gods, you think of power, right? There's power. There's incredible power. Shiva, my God, power. And what is happening there is a cycle, though. There's this cycle of creation. There's a cycle of creating, maintaining, and dissolving. And each of them in balance is very, very important for evolution. That's what evolution is. It's this continuing cycle of creation, maintaining, and destruction or dissolution. So as we become in alignment we can, we can uh, in a sense, embody the, these powers. We embody the power to, to, to create ourselves, to maintain ourselves, and to move from one state to the other. And when you move from one state to the other, it, you're kind of dissolving the first state and going into the second state. And that's what real power is. It's the, self, it's the power to self-create oneself. In the final analysis, that's the only power there is. But in the relative world, um, we see lots of other kinds of power. And the kind that is most we're kind of worried about is the power uh, over other people that, that, that is pervasive within our culture and society, where someone gives one's power away to someone else and then is so surprised when it's used against them. <laughs> <laughs> That's turning something on its head also. I, uh, uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thunk? <laughs> Who would have thunk? Uh-huh. <laughs> we got to start with the victim story. The victim story is very important. Right. Now, we're going to start with the power giveaway story. And then you can right. tell me about being a victim. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there so is a, the, another aphorism. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, do you I'm want sorry, to say something say, else? No, I was, I was just going to say that, you know, the um, the idea of, you know, that's really the only, it's only the creation power. Um, it, it's, um, you know, because I, I was, look, I mean, I could, I understand very much the cyclical nature, you know, of, of creation, maintenance, and, said dissolution or destruction um and and it just seems that um it all well like you said it, it's a cycle but it's it's like it's part of life it's like life. you live and you die you know i mean that's just um and then you come back according to some you know um so um but uh i i don't know sometimes i think we're we are there's a, a heightened focus on that destructive, right? At least right at the moment, it seems to me that there's a heightened focus on that destructive, uh, the dissolution, 
nature. Now, I mean, this could be just part of that a grander cycle of, you know, of things. You know, that this is, uh, you know, this is part of the bigger picture. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, it just seems um, now. So, am I, how how am I am I reading that? Is just um, just <laughs> let it let it be. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, kind of thing. So are you, you're asking, you're saying, well, it seems like um, there's a lot of focus on destruction at the moment. And what's that all about? Can I interpret that question that way? Yes, you can. (laughs) (laughs) Very simple. I, I feel like when the current regime is... The, the, especially the surface values are being dissolved. Then, then we, then our orientation and our reference points are changing. And so, mm-hmm. if we're not, if we're not in touch with the underlying, underneath creative energy, which is actually driving that change, that that dissolution, whatever. If you're not in touch with mm-hmm. that, then you're kind of only just looking at that on the surface, which is changing, and it can be very disorienting. And so that's why a lot of people are, and that's why this book is now. That's why this book is now. It's because the, this book and things like it are needed now to get us to tune into the underlying creative energy, the underlying what's, what's really driving the thing, rather than being kind of, thrown off by the changes on the surface around us. So, yes, I would say that, yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's my two cents on that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. well you know, and, and, you know, and I agree, you know, just um, to, to, if we can get to that, that point of looking at the underlying creative aspect. And I, th- I think that would, for some people, be encouraging, you know, um, and maybe hopeful for some people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's not about looking at it. I must say, it's not about looking. You can start looking, whatever. But it's really about being. It's about being it. And that's, in a way, that's the characterization of the change that's occurring. It's way more about being than looking. Being, feeling, vibrating from a different kind of level than just analyzing and looking. Yeah. Yeah, that's why why I mentioned that, you know, reading the book, it wasn't an apt descriptor. It was really more experiencing, which takes into that broader sense of being. Um, well, we're, we're actually about halfway through the show. Um, so, Dawson, I want to take a quick break. And since we're streaming live, I do want to invite people who are listening. If you would like to call in and ask any questions, um, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And for those listening uh, in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free um, to type them in there. Um, and then it's just a short 90-second break, Jonathan. And then when we come back, I want to um, talk about the book and it's um, how it can help 
people process some of the major things, energies that we have going on, like the, the shootings, the, the COVID, all, all of that kind of thing. So I would just kind of want to put it in the context of today's events, okay? Great. Fantastic. Thank you. Great. Okay. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site, is a link to the products and services we provide. Books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our home page. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Jonathan Masters, and we're talking about his book, God Has Infinite Frequency, uh, Frequency um, Aphorisms for Our Fractured Age. Um, again, you can find out more by visiting the website, godhasinfinitefrequency.org. Okay, with that, we're back, Jonathan. Great. Great. Okay. And also, um, um, people can find out some more information, too, about some of your work at foundationforinnerpeace.world. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. So right now that points to uh, the website of the book. Oh, does it? Okay, great. Okay. So you will get Take that one. Okay. Well, God has infinite frequency.org is in the, the show page description, so we're good there. Okay. Um, right. So let, let's talk about um, the book and, and then how um, maybe something within the book can help us under, you know, understand better or maybe have a different perspective on some, some current events. So let's start with, you know, the one that we've been living under for the, you know, the last uh, year, over a year, is uh, the COVID-19, uh, the pandemic. Um, is, you know, what in the book, do you feel that one of the, the art pieces or, or words would um, help people give some perspective on what we just have been going through? Well, that's a good question. I think I will say all of them because they're all about this time. And I know this is a kind of I'll, I'll say some specific stuff afterwards, but really the COVID thing is a, is a worldwide phenomenon, which is 
in a way, fantastic. I mean, when, it, when else has the whole world been like focusing on something and in a way, although it's kind of running from it in a way, there's a positive, they're, they're kind mm-hmm. of focusing on positivity of, of getting the vaccine and healing and helping and, and, and all this. So there's just an incredible amount of, of, of goodwill also that's come along with this. And people are isolating, and um, sometimes that can be uh, boring and, and kind of, you know, some, you can go nuts. But on the other hand, it also gives you time, <laughs> time to think and time to, like, feel and, and really assess. And a lot of people, I've heard from a lot of people saying, wow, this has just been a fantastic break. I'm ready for it to be over, but it's been a fantastic, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so um uh, and so I, I think that that's, it's, it's really about, yeah. it gives you some time and space. So I, I will say, let me read one thing here, which is that, um, yes, it's the second one in the book. And it, what it says is that, again, a fantastic picture by uh, painting by Anna U. Davis, who's a Swedish artist living in D.C., and she does fantastic work. She just got a, a great uh, grant from this uh, foundation to continue some of her stuff and getting to be fairly well known. Anyway, it says, we are all in a house of mirrors. We are all in a house of mirrors. And there's a woman in the forest with her hands up and these kind of faces looking out everywhere. Again, beautiful, beautiful graphics. Um, and what it says is, it's, it's often hard to recognize that our primary relationship is with ourselves. There are so many pieces reflecting from so many different directions. That is why self-discovery often starts with closing our eyes. And people have had a lot more time to close their eyes recently in general. Mm-hmm. Without knowing your inner self, which is beyond the ups and downs of the personality, you will never see, much less understand the world. So for many people, yeah. the pandemic has really been an opportunity just to be quiet. Yeah, and that... that uh... I mean, I, I love the the artwork with that. I mean, it's, you know, um, with the forest and the river running through it. And and um, I'll be honest, the, the faces that appeared behind, it looks like, you know, zebra trees, I guess. Um, I, I actually missed that. When I, I mean, I was just really kind of focused on her. Right. But um, but um, it's it's subtle. To the point of you know um, it can easily blend into the background, but um, but also if you're looking closer, you can see all the many different facets. Right, and now you you know now that you know they're there, you will not forget them. <laughs> right, no, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you can't unsee it. <laughs> That's for sure. Right. Yeah. So and there's um, another one yeah. here. Let me say one other one on this subject, because I know you want to give another subject, and there's another one for that. But And it's one, actually, you said was your favorite one, I think, which was that um, it's, it's called 
again, it's another one by Annie Davis with lots of lots of people sort of crowded together and and um, different expressions on their face and not happy or unhappy, just like excited. The people out there are part of us. And so, you know, people in the COVID time have had such very different experiences. There's some people that are really struggling and are out of work and, and can't get the help they need. There's other people that are, you know, we found out getting richer and richer and whatever. So mm-hmm. there's been a big range of But what it says in the commentary, I think, is important here, which is our wounded hearts want to cry out, but are afraid of being hurt again. So we cut ourselves off from feelings, from connection to ourselves, and from connections to others. After all, the world was the source of the hurt, right? And we forget. We forget who we are. We forget our connections, and we forget the possibilities for life. Now, and it's just what you were saying, now, as the pendulum swings, the inexorable force of evolution is bringing us back, back to nature, back to ourselves, back to the light and to each other. We are learning that all those others who have been suffering, hurt, and doing without education housing, food, and medicine are not just some other people in a different place, but are us. Yep. Yeah, that is one of my favorites. Um, and, you know, the, just the, the expression on the, the faces and the collection and, you know, every shade and, um, and it's, you know, it seems to be uh intermixed with hair, you know, pictures of real hair. Uh, so, um, but, but also, um, and it was just, I guess, the editor in me or whatever, um, but in that particular um, word, uh, message, um, it's the words are aligned to the right instead of, you know, typical line to the left. So immediately, um, I think for me, it immediately kind of, um, set a uh, stage for something different. You know, I mean, because I think when it, you know, type is aligned, as we normally see in books, there's, there can be a tendency to, you know, speed over or gloss over, you know, certain, you know, phrases or words and that kind of thing. But when you have it aligned like you do, in this particular one, you're kind of forced <laughs> to, follow each line, you know, because it starts off differently as far as spacing. Anyway, that was... Exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things that it catches me. Every now and then there 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 will be um, a book, you know, an author will throw something like that in it. And, and, I, just, and I love it because, again, it, it just kind of shapes things differently. Um, so now... Uh, well, what is your, you know, feeling about, you know, the the violent, the aspect of violence? You know, because the, the the book is really focused on on love and positivity and you know um, joy, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. right now, and right now, we're experiencing a lot of contrary 
um, to that. Um, do you feel that um, that this is a um, is part of that pendulum? You know that that it in a way it its purpose is to raise awareness. You know to something that maybe we will just we would just slip by, let slip by. Well, the, I, I want to answer that question, but it's a, a little bit of a, a, um, a more extensive, deeper answer. Okay. But let's okay. start with uh, one of the aphorisms, which uh, has pictures on both sides of the page in this case. And what it says is on the left is a woman, you know, hanging something on the line and her house is in the background there. And it's a very kind of interesting art piece. It says, we are both innocent and complicit. We are all both innocent and complicit. And then the other page, it starts with a couple of quotes. Um, One is, if one of us acts against another, then we all act against that person. And I've adapted that from Corinthians 2. 1226. The next is, if you do not see God, the next person you meet, look no further. Again, from Gandhi. And the picture there is a picture of a mass shooting. A lot of people, uh, not picture, but art, artwork of mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. all being shot on the ground, except one person shooting himself at the end. And what it says is, we are all involved in massacres. We are all involved in massacres. It does not matter what you did or did not do. Feel your feelings. Release guilt and let in light. This is how you can contribute to healing. It may take time and help, and it will take love. We are all involved in massacres. It does not matter what you did or did not do. Feel your feelings. Release guilt and let in light. This is how you can contribute to healing. It may take time and help, and it will take love. We are all involved in massacres. It does not. And then the page ends. And so what I want to say here is that, again, it may be someone out there. It's not us, but we have a connection to it. And how do we access that connection and what's going on and how do we really contribute to this? And I want to tell a personal story, which is that I went through uh, several years, an intentional kind of recollecting myself, connecting with myself, recollecting myself. So there's different levels of this. One you could think of as just kind of, you know, getting comfortable with, you know, the feelings that you have. Another could be um, connecting with, you know, things from your past, from, from your childhood, from what your parents did or didn't do, from what your experience was growing up. 
and sort of healing those wounds. But there's another level to this, and this is very important, which is that there are parts of ourselves which we are not connected with. They, and, and some of those parts could be in other bodies or in other planes out there. And they could be acting and do acting a part of the energy which is creating this chaos in the, and, and violence in the world. And so I encourage everyone to start with themselves. Start with reconnecting, re-getting all your parts back. And there's a healing process. And why would these be parts be out there creating violence and whatever? That's an that's a interesting and long story, but it has to do with <laughs> being cut off. Being denied and being cut off and what that experience is like. And so what the, the thread... The key, the thread to this whole thing is your feeling about it. So give yourself time and space to really feel, feel into what's going on. And that feeling will be the path, the retrieval path for your own essence, your own sense of self. Yeah, the, um, that recollect, recollecting and talking about fragments reminds me of some folks who talk about soul retrieval or, or, you know, bringing back to, to oneself, you know, fragments, things that have kind of, I mean, I guess, you know, it's that idea of disconnect, you know, that area of disconnect that we may have that um, needs to be healed or mended somehow. Yes. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, what is it that, that you hope that um, people are going to take away? I'm, I'm sure there are many different takeaways from this, and you know, and you know, I understand when you talked about you know being able to kind of go through it in a, or you know, in a orderly way, kind of through the book, you know, as far as what one can achieve. I when I first got the book, I, that's how I did it first, um, and then later on, I would go back. To, and then kind of just open it up to a page that I, you know, like, okay, what, what do I need to remember today that I might have kind of forgotten? Um, so what, what is it that you hope that people will take away from reading the book? I hope they will take away a deeper, fuller experience of themselves. an increase in their well-being, their love, their sensitivity, and their awareness. Okay. And one of the things, too, I wanted to ask about, you know, since the artwork is such a critical piece of uh, creation, um, tell us about the artist and how it is that, you know, they became a part of, of, the, of the process. Sure. Yeah, I went through several, you know, originally I I was thinking, oh, you know, I'll create an art piece. I will have created or I will create an art piece for every one of these things. And the artists will have. And that turned out to be 
impossible or not practical within you know my lifetime. <laughs> so, <laughs> and um, a reality kind of pumps in. <laughs> it was yeah, absolutely. It was like <laughs> so. I um, just began to explore with different artists, you know, just using their work. And and the 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 woman who um, there's two very different primary artists, uh, uh, Jerry Felix, who was a meditator, and she did art around the Midwest and, and also some in Colorado. I think I agree. She. She just loves this color. She does more abstract. She works in pastels and acrylics and oils. And um, and the, the, the if you get the book, and I really encourage people to, um, the the stuff around God and frequency and stuff is is all her kind of colorful, wavy frequency like paintings. And so there's there's a theme there, and. Um, she was a very, very creative soul. She worked in many different things. She, she died a few years ago and I got permission from her, from her siblings, her estate to use uh, her paintings, her work in this book. And the other artist I said a little bit about is Anna E. Davis. She's uh, from, from uh, Sweden originally. And she's really a lot of the kind of social issue stuff that's in the book, the kind of, insights into our the spiritual nature our culture and stuff that those are illustrated by her that's her more of her theme and i'm going to just read the quote that's in the book from her she says we only see the top of the iceberg what lurks beneath are stereotypes highly steeped in tradition culture and religious beliefs these stereotypes are holding women back from reaching their full potential and it will take all of us to change this pattern She's a very beautiful, beautiful woman, beautiful spirit. And I, I first saw her work actually in, a, in an exhibit in the Swedish embassy in D.C. I was walking there. My son was you know, living around there at the time. We were walking along. We went into this exhibit. And I was like, wow, this is great. These are perfect. So we had a long dialogue. And, and um, yeah, then she began to contribute to the book. So that was, it's been great. Yeah, well, I mean, it has a distinctive, the distinctive um, styles of of each. I mean, so, um, but but it worked. It worked well. It came together really well. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, now, there's one last topic I wanted to bring up, and it's Satan. <laughs> So, uh, you know, Satan plays a little bit of a role here, but but tell us about that because you know, um, right now there is that um, uh, I guess emphasis um, on you know, good and evil. I mean, it, it seems that uh, I don't know. Again, it, it just seems that there's a um, a lot of people are looking at, at evil and bad, and um, but Satan is a part of God, is what you you say in the book. Right. Satan is a part of God. So, so you're right, though. 
the polarity between good and evil is one of the fundamental polarities that we're all dealing with. And the problem is, I will tell you, that you, cre- you, you break yourself down into good and bad when you do that. <laughs> right. And because we, we all have aspects or parts which we have at certain times labeled as bad or evil even. Right. Right. And unacceptable. And what happens is that those parts get suppressed and cut off. And I think I'm going to just do a here's a here's an aphorism for the next book, which is that when you take a bad part and cut it off, it becomes evil. Mm-hmm. When you take know, part of yourself, judge it <laughs> bad, and you cut it off and deny it, that's when it becomes yeah. evil. Yeah, you know, there's, um, I'm just, you know, when I sit back and you, and you recognize that that is, you know, the, the truth in that, you know, and that there, you know, we all have, you know, those judge that what we judge to be good and evil or bad, good and bad. And, um, you know, we have all the various aspects. And when, when you, when I sit back and think about how much, um, angst and pain that that judgment, self-judgment and judgment of others brings. Um, it's exhausting <laughs> to think of oh that that push and pull that really is all part of the scene. Right. It's exhausting mm-hmm. because it's 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 life. Uh, denying it's it's denying life it's killing it's killing life yeah yeah i i I try and do away with as much as possible the my evaluate my good and bad evaluation of things you know and and try to live with more of a it's an experience and this is the experience and and just kind of hold on and Experience it. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Right. Feeling it. Feeling it. Feeling it. Giving yourself time and space to feel it. Feeling it is healing it. I'm sure I'm not the first person who said that, but in any case, it's still true. <laughs> it's a, yeah. So what it, what it says in this is if you consider yourself good, godly, and have been fighting evil, you have been fighting yourself. All that power you thought was outside of you, against which you were struggling, is within you. And there's your question about power again. Once you stand in your own light, you will stop shadowboxing with your self-created monsters and enemies. Naturally, you will become a conscious force for life and balance. Interestingly, yeah, in a way, it's an incentive for people that if, you know, this is this this dividing up the world into good and evil is a is is giving away power. Yeah. And. Yeah. Yep. Very, very much. Boy. Now, um what, anything up and coming? Do you have anything that you want to let listeners know or when they can hear or see you next? 
or the artist as well? <laughs> in terms of, um, I've scheduled some interviews and stuff. I would say this. Go on to my website, uh, the book's website, I would say, godisinfinitefrequency.org, mm-hmm. and there's an event page. And there's all these recordings. In fact, I will, I'll put this recording or a reference to it there, of course. And there's some, some future stuff will be there, too. Um, we're arranging to do some workshops, and um, we'll see. I, I, I uh, we'll see how the you know I, I'm living in uh, in Zurich at the moment in Switzerland, and I but I feel like this book is is mostly about the U.S. and I'm I'm go- going back in May, and so I'll see how I can what events I can do and yeah, you know, get yeah. the situation. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Well, you know, um, even though, you know, a lot of it does seem kind of stuff going on here in the U.S., it's going on everywhere. I mean, you know, to a greater or lesser degree, but I just think that yeah, maybe maybe we're just a, a bigger stage, you know, for for what's going on elsewhere. A lot of it is going on, and we're not so in touch as Americans, but I think that's true in any – each – each country, I mean, look what's happening in Myanmar. Each country has its own, oh. its own culture, its own language, its own access points, its own process and all that. And, and there are similarities, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I have my cultural context is that of an American. So right. uh, I've kind of mm-hmm. see, yeah, right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much. Well, great. Now, um, if uh, people want to get in touch with you, is it uh, best to go through the uh, GodHasInfiniteFrequency.org website? Is that the best way? It is. It is. Okay. And I'm pretty Great. responsive, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. That's great. Okay. Well, Jonathan, I really wanted to thank you for your time today. I really enjoyed our chat, and I enjoyed your book. And like I say, it does make me ponder, um, which is a good thing. Thank you. I very much enjoyed our conversation also, and I thank you very much for your time and attention. You're very welcome. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Jonathan Masters. We've been talking about his new book, God Has Infinite Frequency, Aphorisms for Our Fractured Age. And again, you can find out more um, about the book, uh, about Jonathan, about the artist, by visiting the website, GodHasInfiniteFrequency.org. And everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.